That was Rabbi Yecheskel Freundlich of Montreal's TBDJ Synagogue, reciting psalms during the national online memorial service organized by Mizrahi Canada for the victims of the Lag Bormer tragedy in Israel. The director of Mizrahi Canada, Rabbi Ilan Mazur, appealed for unity among all Jews of all stripes around the world. The only way that we can get through this is by not being alone, but by being with each other. Thank you for everyone for joining together with us. I'm Ellen Vesner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, May 3rd, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, brought to you by Metropia. The Canadian online service came as Israel marked a national day of mourning for the 45 dead, And as you probably know, there were two Montrealers killed on Thursday. The youngest, Dovi Steinmetz, was 21. He'd moved to Israel in the fall to study at yeshiva. And Shraga Gestetner was 35. He was born in Montreal, but was based in New York. He was married with five kids, and he was a renowned singer, plus a member of the Toldos Aaron Hasidic community. And we'll find out more about that later. But first... How could an event that was supposed to be a celebration of the teachings of a second century rabbinical sage and mystic turn into a levaya or a funeral? Up next, Dr. Oded Oron says politics, religion, and the Israeli mentality all played a role. Oded Oron is a visiting scholar with the Israel Institute program, now about to join the staff at the University of Toronto, where he'll be teaching courses about Israeli society. Dr. Ron, in your view, what were some of the larger factors that were behind what happened? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, First of all, and this is something that uh, is uneasy to hear maybe, but it's something that we have to reckon with, is if COVID exposed anything, is is the rapture and cleavage that we have with the ultra-Orthodox specifically, but other sectors as well in Israeli society. And that has to do with following rules. The joke goes that in Israel, you do first and, uh, and then ask for permission later, right? Like you act first. And I think there's nothing that demonstrates that better than a disaster, unfortunately, like that. Like we saw in the COVID days, when the majority of rank-and-file Israelis were confined to their homes under lockdown, we saw mass gatherings, mass celebration, mass weddings happening in some sectors. Now, this is not to denigrate uh, the entire ultra-Orthodox community, which, again, suffers from objectively larger households, more crowded spaces, smaller spaces, which can also explain the contagious of COVID that spreads within the community. But at the same time, the fact that there is from the get-go a bit of an understanding that they're not really part of the state and follow the Torah and the religious law more than they would state law, that's already a basis for clash and conflict, especially in times of national crisis. And if I'm trying to connect it to the disaster that we've just happened, the Leviah, as you mentioned, it is, I am 100% certain that an event like that would never have been authorized had it been a purely secular celebration like let's like say like an Israeli Glastonbury, a rock concert, a theater concert, everything that's massive and would attract the masses even if if outdoors and technically speaking in terms of COVID it is safer to do it. And what responsibility do Israeli authorities in engineering and uh, health department play in uh, the tragedy? First of all 
lack of coordination and a mentality of, oh, it will be fine, is something that is unfortunately is etched into the DNA of Israel. It was a country that was born in haste. And unfortunately, while that mentality does maybe spark entrepreneurship, doesn't spark create creativity, at the same time, in it, it also hides a lot of protocol and following the rules and following strategy and be methodical, slow, patient, collected, uh, and careful. What role does the current political instability in the Israeli government play in all of this? At the political side of things, in which the old Orthodox 11% of the population roughly, and uh, about uh, um, roughly, roughly, not really, but close to about, let's say, 18% of the Israeli parliament and quite a counterweight in terms of forming a coalition, it's pretty clear that they will get more of a free pass to go about their way and not, uh, especially in times of a uh, um, coalition that is being negotiated right now or, or political negotiations of all sides, and they will get an exemptions as it played out essentially, as we saw. And the result is, is said, it's lost of life. To say that the writing was on the wall, it's a cliche, but it was, it absolutely was. And I'm afraid that this is just another example that goes in to the Israeli mentality of how things are done in haste, are not thought through all the way, and the result is simply tragic. What other lessons should come out of Mount Moron? Unfortunately, Israelis are not known about their patience to stand in line or be patient in general. And, and again, this is very uh, uh, sad to talk about in a day like that with a loss of life, but it's something that we cannot ignore. And I think having these tough conversations about our mentality, about how we conduct ourselves in the public sphere, really does contribute to the loss of life that we saw less than 24 hours ago. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity and I really look forward to coming to Toronto and for all of us to be post-COVID, to live post-COVID life again. Earlier, I mentioned that the Canadian victims came from Montreal's ultra-Orthodox community. Dr. Ira Robinson is a professor of Jewish studies at Concordia University in Montreal, and he's written extensively about the local Orthodox Jewish world and their Kabbalistic tradition. Dr. Robinson, what can you tell us about the historic origins of this Lagba Omer festival? Well, this is something that is not found black on white in sources that go back to ancient times. The first connection of Marom, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Lagba Omer is only really a few hundred years old, but it has taken root. It has become one of the great pilgrimage festivals in contemporary Israel. So this is something that the people have decided upon, more particularly Haredi people. And so they told us Ahern group, what are the ties that they have to Montreal and where are they based? Okay. Toldot Aaron is a Hasidic sect based in Jerusalem, based in Mea Sha'arim, and it's allied in many ways to the Satmar Hasidic group. They share many things. They share, first of all, a very strong anti-Zionist, anti-Israeli state perspective, and they are known in Haredi circles as fairly extreme. You know, the core group is probably no more than a few hundred families, if that. The connections in Montreal are strong. 
because Montreal has a very strong Satmar Hasidic community. And so people in Montreal with family connections to Todos Aran, people who have financial connections in that they would give part of their tzedakah charity to people in the Todos Aran group. You know, there, there is a lot of toing and froing. Great. Thanks so much for being here. Okay. You're very, very welcome. And that is what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Our show's music is by Toronto artist Dove Beck-Levine. I'm Ellen Besner, and you can find me on all the socials and by email ebesner at thecjn.ca. We'll close with the words of consolation from Israel's chief Ashkenazi rabbi, David Lau, from the memorial service. We are brothers and sisters in Canada, We are here in Israel, our one family, one nation, one uh, people that together pray to Hashem. Take us our tears, take take with us our uh, sad life, and please bless us to be with Nechama and Yeshua. Amen.